Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 128 of the Citrix Session. We've got a full house today, minus Patrick. We're going to have to give Patrick our time, Patrick Koval, getting back on here. He's a super valuable resource. Um, let's see. Today is uh, March. <laughs> I laugh as I say it. March 6, 2023. What what happened? Where'd, where'd February and January go? Todd, where'd February and January go? Uh, you know, it flew by, and, and actually, uh, Citrix kind of went through, and or Cloud Software Group, uh, realigned their fiscal year. So we are officially in Q2. Uh, for those of you who are following along based on calendars. Jeremy, did you guys hide the first two months of the year somewhere? Did they make it disappear? That wasn't so fast. I mean, it has gone by so fast. It feels like maybe we're five months in. We have just done so much so quick that it's yeah. just blown past. So I'm a little surprised it's only May, March, March 6th. And Bill, how many projects would you estimate you've started in the first two months of 23? Uh, started? Probably 15. 15? Well, hopefully we've closed some or they just keep piling up. They keep coming in. Yeah. What percentage of those are Citrix oriented these days? Uh, probably off the cuff, 70 to 75%. That's crazy, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, guys, uh, let's see. Well, we had a, we wanted to ask Todd a question first. Jeremy, what was the question you wanted to ask Todd? Todd, where are you working out of? Yeah. So I'm so I am working out of the Burlington, Massachusetts office today. Return return to office. There you return go. Return to office. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's great to see some folks that I haven't seen in the uh, past two plus years. Um, and actually, having it's interesting because we've gone from having this very two D space in a in a virtual meeting to now all of a sudden seeing people in 3d um, and realizing that, uh, you know, uh, working at home has, has some very good benefits, but also actually interacting with people face-to-face in person has just as many benefits, if not more. So let me ask you this, Todd, because I found myself doing this a lot when I worked in an office, but I would go hide. I had to find some place to hide to get some work done because inevitably folks would just walk up, start chatting when I was in the middle of something or doing anything like that. Now, granted, I haven't done that in a long time, yep. but is that a is that an issue? I don't know how many folks were walking over to your queue. I think people, yeah. So, so I think people have become very aware and respectful of earphones and things like that. Um, so they're not always you know, kind of walking in and interrupting. I mean, in an open workspace environment, mm-hmm. uh, it is hard to find, you know, those little cubby holes. Uh, but the good thing is, is that most of our office spaces, you know, we have phone booth areas, what they call phone booths. It's really, it's a one person little office to close the door in. Uh, we have a ton of conference rooms. You know, people are, people are really adapting towards this new work mm-hmm. style of being able to go. If you want to have privacy, you can go seek some privacy someplace. Um, and that's across that's across all of our offices. Yeah, yeah. Some of the phone booths are really fancy too. They look futuristic and they get warm. I'll just I'll just say that. Yeah, there, there's a couple of them that look like giant Amazon packing boxes. <laughs> which, <laughs> for for those who are size gifted, I guess we uh, just kind of makes it uh, feel a little uncomfortable sometimes. So we have the exact opposite problem here. Most of us are spread out in the little bitty offices or not little, but offices. And there is some shared space, but it's shared throughout the building. And we don't use those unless we're having a meeting. 
I got to find a blended approach where we're, you know, hybrid working, remote, on site, but when we're on site, we're together as needed, but separate as makes sense and people feel like they have their space. It's, I guess what we're saying here is it's a, and I'll tie this into the article in a minute, it's a universally challenging problem. Yep. See what you did there. That was a good TL. Yeah. So we better have software licensing that aligns with a universal set of needs. What do you think? I agree. For a podcast. It sounds like the topic for a podcast. Yeah. So today's podcast, the blog we're reviewing is uh, by Sridhar Malapati. Uh, Sridhar is leading up the Citrix business unit at Cloud Software Group. And I think this may have just come out today. The title of it is Introducing Citrix Universal Licensing. I'm uh, aware of this was going to happen. I've done some research on it, but I'm still lost as can be. Um, Jeremy, I'll let you start off I'll, th- this opening paragraph. Counting the three bullets that it calls out here, what is this all about? And we'll dig into more detail, but what, what's the intro to the concept? Um, I mean, here's the here's the deal is ultimately customers need to run Citrix wherever they need to run Citrix. And so, you know, in the past, we've had a license that has been an on-premise license. Uh, there's been a different license that has been a cloud license. Uh, and what we have here is a license that will just let you deploy however you want to deploy. So when I say on-prem, what I mean is, you know, customer owns, maintains, manages, you know, the, the control management plane to Citrix. So the SQL, delivery controller, storefront service, you know, all those parts and pieces that, that make up the management. And, and the DAS solution is Citrix, you know, owns that piece of it and, and maintains it and manages it, uh, provides, you know, a portal for a customer management. Ultimately, yeah, there's always been two kinds of licensing and what a universal license is, is essentially a license that just lets you deploy however you want. Do Essentially do whatever you want is what it is. And Todd, does it all phone home to a centralized place where the licensed server or the service knows to go look and see what's available to that customer? Yeah. And, and that, so we, we introduced some upgrades to our licensing server. Um, in our service uh, to basically provide that understanding of where your licenses are actually being deployed, whether they're on-prem, like Jeremy said, or whether they're in a cloud someplace. Um, it really allows us to have visibility that we can then pass on to the to the administrators at our customers mm-hmm. to really have a, an understanding of where those licenses are being utilized, where they're where they're being consumed, but more importantly, where what license servers are serving up to individual users, right? So it's, it helps with the cost, but also helps with the administration and also improves the operational aspects of it. Um, and re- what it allows you to do is really, you know, as Jeremy said, it, it allows you to use the Citrix products where the, you know, in, in whatever model is necessary, right? So if you're, if you're hesitant to go and leverage some of the cloud services and cloud resources that are out there, you can use that same license to, to deliver it on-prem. Um, a lot of organizations are still somewhat cloud averse or cloud hesitant to, to move all of their services uh, and data and, and resources all up to the cloud. So this, this model allows you to, to kind of move them around as needed and, and it gives you that ultimate level of choice. So is this is this really a conversation around the control plane being in the cloud versus on premises, the application or desktop workloads? Bill, Bill how's this going to how's this going to change 
the project landscape for you guys? Um, I don't know that it'll really change it. Obviously, we we have to understand this better than than uh, than I have to this point. It's you know obviously very new, but I don't really think that. I mean, I don't really think that it will change it. Other than we'll need to obviously be know, know where to point for a license server or where to get the licenses from, whether that's the cloud or an on-premises workload, um, an on-premises server. So that's the only real change I see um, based on what little I know about it thus far. So, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Say, so let me frame it up this way, right? So we've had customers in the past who have had traditional on-prem licensing. So they ran Citrix, the entire stack, VDAs, management, the whole nine yards sitting on-prem. At some point, um, you know, Citrix or a partner, Integra came along and said, hey, you know what you should do? You should really transition those licenses from on-prem perpetual into the DAS service. So as a part of that motion, what we did is, number one, let's just say you had a thousand you know, on-premise perpetual licenses and you did this transition up to the cloud. What we gave you was a thousand seats of DAS in the cloud. And along with that, a thousand seats of what we called hybrid rights on-prem. Mm-hmm. The expectation was you were not on day one going to go transition everything you had on-prem up to the cloud. Um, There was going to be some sort of um, transition period where you were going to need to run in a hybrid mode. Now, that just came with those DAS licenses that you transitioned, uh, and they were good for the term of whatever contract you had. So let's just say you did a three-year transition DAS service contract. Guess what? Those hybrid rights were good for three years. But the assumption was at the end of three years, you will have migrated and you don't need those hybrid rights anymore. And as it found out, you know, as we found out, more customers, more often than not, it felt like, uh, need to maintain some sort of on-premise, continue to leverage those hybrid rights. And so they would ask us, can we renew our hybrid rights? And so what this universal license does is it just replaces both. It is one license that will let you, number one, either A, run completely in the cloud, B, run completely on-prem, or C, and this is where we see a lot of customers, is a little bit of both, right? So there's a transition period that sometimes takes a while, longer than, you know, customers originally intended. And what we're saying is, you know, we no longer care. You just run your workloads where you need to run your workloads. We support both. And that's what your universal license is. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I think the concept makes sense. Let me understand the, the tech here. So if I'm doing a mm-hmm. um, on-premise, on-premises solution where I've got my control plane that includes a license server, is that license server in the cloud or is that license server something on premises that's talking to something in the cloud? So it is still on premises, but the new version of the license server will communicate with the cloud. In fact, it does it by default now. The brand new version of the license server will do that and communicate back to the cloud and you'll have visibility into what that looks like. Okay. So it's like this... Um, uh, this uniform solution where if it's on now, if I'm in the cloud, mm-hmm. I even have a license server at that point, or it's just the service is there and it, the cloud knows what to talk to. Uh, in the cloud, I mean, you've technically got one, but there's nothing to manage or maintain. The service just talks to it and reports back, you know, out, just out of the gate. There's nothing to do. And how does it look if it's a hybrid environment where you've got maybe a resource location on-prem and a resource location in the cloud? Or, or um, that's a great on-prem and a resource location. So, Bill, you're saying resource. How about control plane in both? Are you control plane would be the better. Yeah. 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 Um, that's a great question. So since this hasn't gone live yet, I actually haven't seen what this looks like up front. So I am, I am just as excited as you are. But the assumption is you will get a license file that will need to go on a license server on your on-prem license 
start running. Right. Um, and by default, this thing will report back to the cloud. Now, what we've added recently is, well, I wouldn't say recently, it's been out for a couple of years, is uh, from the cloud licensing portal where you would see your cloud licenses, you can also use that to monitor your on-premise right. license servers as well, as well. So in the past, you had to opt into that, and now you are automatically opted in. So it'll just do it by default. So I think I just talked through my own answer, but I want to see it in action for sure. So let's let's see what Todd says. So Todd, if I'm a Citrix administrator and I want to know how many licenses are being consumed at this very moment, where would I go to look? So, so the first place I would look is on in my cloud portal. Right. right. So my go to my Citrix.com portal and be able to go and see what is being reported for both. Mm-hmm. If I've got assets that are running in the cloud, and if I've got assets that are running uh, on-prem and uh, in a licensed server that's on-prem. Because of that reporting that reporting functionality now, it allows you to keep up to date on that. I'm trying to do it real time while you guys are on. Yep. It's very unfortunate. The first thing I saw when you shared your screen was, was Duke. So that was very sad to see yeah. North Carolina lose to Duke, but they have not had a great year this year. I know we here locally think the rest of the world cares, but and they kind of do, but just a little bit. Right. Uh, sorry. Not cares. We digress. Not cares. We digress. I was uh, a sports renaissance fan. So well, I think he, I think Andy's spending more of his money over sending more of his money to NC State right now, right? No, it's I got I got a, I got a blend going on. Okay. So for folks that may go watch back and watch the recording of this podcast, as silly as that sounds, I'm here now. Where would I go? This is my lab environment. Where would I go to see what my license consumption looks like? So you would go up to the hamburger to start off with. By the way, I don't know how that started as a thing, but now it's just universally known as hamburger. Uh, and you'll go down to your licensing option right there. Yep. Okay. And so you've got two different things you see on the left. Number one is desktops as a service. So you know, if we're looking at that, you can see what your consumption in the cloud is. Yeah. Um, and then down below, if you have any licensed servers uh, tied to the cloud, you would see those here as well. You can see what the license, what the usage, what the usage is, which looks like you don't have any. So, so again, well. this really should. This really is designed. You know, we call it a universal license, but it's really going to simplify things in the sense that mm-hmm. you have X licenses, and you choose. You can choose to use them in an on-prem or on-premises deployment, or a cloud deployment, or both. Or right? both, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. And will that be real time? Let's say I did have a licensed server deployed on premises. Will it be reporting real time up into this service? I believe it's set to do by default. It's set to do daily updates. Okay. And and by named users, I guess that would be probably okay. But concurrent usage might be more real time necessary. Yeah. But yeah, um, probably not. So this would report back, but I'm not sure if this. This console would would do the enforcement. This would probably right. be the the license server on prem. Yeah, I got a, I got an IGEL all in one sign behind me. LG IGEL all in one. I was gonna just jump in and log in and see it happen, but dude, we it works. We all have seen. Yeah, it. yeah. Okay, uh, Bill, as my co-host, what have I not asked that everybody will want to know? Okay, uh, the first thing that comes to mind for me is. Uh, what if I have, I don't know, we'll just use round numbers. I, I have 1,500 universal licenses, and I've got 1,000 in the cloud, 
control plane and 500 on-prem, and I need to move more workloads on-prem or more workloads to the cloud, do I have the ability to reallocate those licenses between the two license environments, or does that matter anymore? Does that make sense? Um, it does make sense. I don't think that matters anymore. So, yeah, you know, the way I understand it is it would be 1,500 in the cloud, 1,500 on-prem. It's really just more of a, okay, you know, it's probably, honestly, it's probably a EULA thing is what it is. Yeah, and the other, you know, obviously what happens if uh, if I'm a regulated industry or a three-letter government agency and mm -hmm. I can't allow the license server to talk to the cloud, I'm fairly certain you've already, the Citrix has considered that because I know they have customers in that space. They have. So there are um, exemptions as well. Okay. Um, now, I will tell you this, there is the automatic reporting to the cloud that happens, but you can get an exemption, but you still have to do it manually. So, so there's still a process, Okay. but you would have to still report back. Yeah, correct. But there, I mean, listen, there are some environments that just aren't connected to the internet. So right. there could be a regulation thing and it could just be a, an air exactly. thing too. Exactly. Yeah. What else? Yeah, so they'll still be able to. They'll still be required to perform some type of attestation that they are in compliance. It's just going to be a. Uh, in some cases, it's going to be more of a manual process to do that, Bill. And I assume, obviously, that this license is going to cover everything, including PVS and other Correct. things that have historically required an on-prem on-premises yeah. license server. Okay, I figured. Yeah, so it covers anything that would come with your DAS. Right. You know, entitlement. So nothing changes. WEM, PBS, you know, right. all those ancillary components. Now, what it doesn't include is things like SPA. So that would be completely separate. That would be an add-on, something that's still supported. Um, you know, I think when we get into analytics, um, I think there are, what is it, Universal Premium Plus would include analytics as well. So, you know, some of the yeah. package names have changes have changed for sure. Um, but yeah, it would cover everything DAS. So is this an actual license or is this a licensing concept that there will be different editions of, or is it both? Um, it is both. So there are several different editions of Universal. So there's Universal Advanced, Advanced Plus, Premium, Premium Plus. So that aligns with DAS, uh, Advanced, DAS, Advanced Plus, Premium, and Premium Plus. So if you go look at our you know, feature matrix, it will look very similar but it will be universal as opposed to DAS tagged is essentially what it is. So there are four different editions. Uh, by the way, they all come as concurrent or user device as well. So that's something to, something to be aware of. Yeah. So, so let me make sure I can repeat that back to you. There's um, there's a universal license. There'll be a couple of different editions. There are no longer the concept of CVAD and DAS licenses. It's just universal or those other two things still exist too. Those things still exist as well. So, for instance, if we're talking about CVAD, that is an on-premises license. And as of March 8th, two days from now, um, it will only be available as a subscription. So, net new licenses, new deployments, the whole nine yards, those will be a subscription. Uh, and here's what's unique about that on-premise subscription now. So, in the past, um, you haven't been able to take an on-premise license and connect that into the cloud so either a create a hosting connection or b just put like azure or gcp any sort of hyperscaler based vda connect that to that cvad environment uh, once you convert that to on-premise subscription you can lift and shift and you know basically move those licenses to a cloud as well if you want but 
Again, we're not talking DAS. This would be the entire stack of CVAD. So now the DDCs and storefront and all those parts and pieces that were considered the control plane uh, with a CVAD on-prem subscription, you can actually shift and lift and shift that into the cloud if you wanted to. You just don't get the cloud control plane. Does that make sense? And that is new. That is new. In the past, the only way to pull that off is to have transitioned to DAS and use the hybrid rights license. So you're talking here, if I understood you correctly, Jeremy, on-prem control plane, but resource location in the cloud, being able to, to orchestrate the delivery of cloud-based workloads using your on-prem environment. Is that right, or did I misunderstand? That is right. But to take it a step further, if you wanted to lift and shift that control plane to the cloud, I don't mean the DAS service, but I physically run you know, DDCs, oh, yeah. storefronts, yeah, yeah. if you wanted to lift and shift that in the cloud, you could do that as well. Okay. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because that was restricted in the past. It was restricted before. Yeah, the only way to pull that off in the past was to have transitioned your license to the DAS service and used your hybrid rights license right. to do that. Yep. So, yeah, I wanted to talk about that. So that's so just so we're clear, if I've got an on-premises control plane, I can talk to hyperscale or public cloud resources. Now, that's been re that's going to be re-enabled for hosting purposes? That will be re-enabled for hosting purposes if you're using the on-premise subscription, CBAD subscription on-prem. Yep. I say on-prem, but what we're talking about is, you know, you manage the control plane. Right. Mm -hmm. Um. Okay, so I want to stick to this, but I think you've covered it. I have a question for Bill specifically around projects. Bill, does this mean that we're going to recommend the Citrus Cloud control plane less? Uh, or do the technical benefits of moving the control plane to the cloud still exist? No, I think I they I think they still exist, but you know, we do have customers that say, I'm not ready for the cloud, I don't want to go to the cloud, I maybe I don't trust the cloud, what have you. Um, or it's kind of, you know, the, this is the way we've always done it argument, right? Um, we've always had it on-prem. We want to keep it on-prem. Um, mm -hmm. I think we always, we have had some situations where customers have had that thought. And then as we go to deploy it, we've had two projects in the past two months where we were doing an on-prem upgrade or migration to 2203. And the customer third of the way through the design said, you know, I think we're going to go ahead and go to cloud. We've decided seeing all the components that need to be on-premises, we're going to go to cloud. So we've seen folks that have shifted that, that mindset, um, but you'll always have some who want to keep it on-premises for whatever reason. Um, but I do think that our, our target focus would be to for them to go to the cloud control plane. Todd, Jeremy, sounds right. I think mm -hmm. you have customers that have concerns and then when they realize it's just metadata and it's right. going to yep. have a lot of problems for yep. them, they change their tune uh they change it they change it frequently but i mean I, I get it a lot of times it's just what you're familiar with and so you know then the day you know managing out of the cloud is pretty simple um just a lot of folks haven't seen it and so when they get into it in fact a lot of pocs we've done in the past um just because we're testing applications we're not testing how a control plane works because that's not terribly important but when we get into testing the applications we'll say hey just for the sake of testing you know your specific app and let's spin up you know, DAS trial, um, just so we've got that piece baked and we'll just stand up your VDAs and test out, you know, your favorite app, right? And so we'll go through that process. And a lot of times they'll go, hey, why don't we just keep doing this? This makes a whole lot of sense. You know, we didn't have to stand up SQL and DDCs and all these pieces. And you had this environment up in less than two hours, at least the control plane. Um, you know, we got right straight to managing apps and they get it. They get pretty quick. But 
you know, like you said, Bill, some customers aren't ready for the shift. Um, either, you know, it's a, it's just a organizational thing. It is what it is, and that's okay. And I guess what universal licensing says is, again, do whatever you want. All right, so let's walk through the additions because this answers my question from earlier, and let's mm-hmm. walk them. Um, Todd, we'll let you cover these. So starting at the for universal licensing, the most basic addition is what? Advance. Yep. So advanced, which is the which includes the DAS advanced as well as Citrix virtual apps advanced, right? So it's basically that's the entry level into this. And, and in layman terms, sorry, I'm trying to log into my other environment here at the same time so I can show some stuff. Um in layman's term, what what of the Citrix product set is that gonna let me use? So it's it's basic functionality related to uh, virtual apps and, and desktops, but more spokes focused on the on just the application delivery aspect of yeah. it. So you would get apps, but you would also get your favorite, Andy, which is uh, server hosted desktops yeah. with advanced. Okay. okay, and I mean, I literally have a customer, Evan, one of my guys is working with now. That's all they need. That's all they use. Yep. What what's what's the what technologies other than VDI are missing there? Is there any like PVS and WIM and things like that? Are those included? Um, WIM is included. Um, PVS is not included. So we do have some customers with, you know, fairly significant, you know, quote unquote, Zenap deployments. Um, You would not get that. Um, You wouldn't get, uh, I'm looking through. So they've updated the feature matrix matrix here but you know one of the biggest we're starting to see is um adaptive auth so that's a uh, depending on where you're coming from if you get some pretty complex needs you know adaptive auth is basically citrix hosting netscaler so you can do some pretty flexible um in factor authentication um one of the biggest ones is remote pc so just brokering to a physical pc you know i know zintegra has quite a few customers leveraging that so yeah. those are probably your big ones there Okay, so what I so if I move up a level, Todd, to Citrix Universal Advanced Plus, what what do I then gain over the apps and server-hosted desktops? So the biggest thing there, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeremy, you get the that's where you start getting PBS, correct? Uh, you get PBS, you get actual desktops. So yeah. Windows 10, Windows 11, that's where you know that's your use case. Um, yeah. In fact, we've included uh, Cloud PC as well, so the HDX for. Microsoft 365 is also included. Um, so those are, the, those are probably the biggest ones. If you need desktops, I mean, you absolutely have to do Advanced Plus. So this and would be the equivalent of like CVED. What's that? I think you get Remote PC and Advanced Plus too, right? You do get Remote PC, yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this when, this is when client desktops, aka VDI, Remote PC, that's when it comes into the mix. Mm-hmm. And then the next one up looks like Citrix Universal Premium. What what happens here? What do I get there that I didn't have before? This is DAS Premium. So this is um, you know you get the full director metrics that you you didn't get in the past. You get full adaptive auth app protection even. So that's a new feature, uh, security wise on the endpoint. Um, but those are those are probably the big ones there. And then with Premium Plus, um, you get analytics with that. Security and performance are included. Oh, that you get the uh, okay. That's interesting. 
because uh, Bill, we're not seeing a lot of people include that now because it's bolt on. Now it's now it's going to be part of a bundle mm-hmm. position early on. Yes, correct. Yep. To be fair, it was always a part of Daz Premium Plus, but it's another reason to sort of revisit this and and just realize that analytics is included with uh, Universal Premium Plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other thing I noticed in the matrix, um, as I was going, as y'all were going through that, I was looking through the matrix. Is that that topic we discussed last week or the week before about personalizing the Citrix app? That's available mm-hmm. premium and premium plus, apparently. Oh yeah, so you can add these Integra logo in lieu of the blue circle workspace icon. Yeah, and sort of personalize. I got you. Customer logo. Yep. Yep. Yeah, although I think that's for cloud only, if I remember right. Could be, yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's knock out a few of these business things. Can I transition from an existing Citrix license to Universal? Jeremy, you hit that earlier, but let's just knock it out again. That is correct. So you can transition from existing licenses to Universal. Yep. Including on-premises licenses. Yep, so that is the new, so if if you've been around us and heard us talk about a transition trade-up, where you take those existing licenses, um, that is what you're taking it to, is to Universal. Okay. Uh, can I run Citrix virtual apps and desktops in my own public cloud instance, Todd? Yeah, and that's coming soon. Um, and that'll probably, uh, what it's going to allow you to do is to, to do that lift and shift into your public cloud uh, deployment, right? So being able to, uh, to, to without having to go and relicense everything, uh, basically just an easy transition. So you kind of get to build your own control plane in a public Correct. cloud and yeah. Correct. choose your yeah, own. And so, so the use case I had for that the other day, I was talking to a customer who, I've, this is where you're talking two different languages, not actual, but two different concepts where they wanted to spin up a trial in Azure, no, in AWS. I thought they wanted a DAS trial, but what they really wanted was they wanted to lift and shift what they had up into Amazon, AWS. And I said, well, you could just do the DAS trial, right? So you could speed this thing up. They're like, no, 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 no. We have change control, process control, all sorts of things that they do to where they couldn't take on those cloud services. They had to vet them out first. So for now, here's what they're going to do. Just lift and shift what they had. It was more of a regulation thing internally. So that's what they did. Yeah, if there was just a partner, they could bring that to you and let them do it for them. And Oh, never mind. Sorry. Oh, never mind. All <laughs> uh, right. Uh, Universal Editions. Uh, Jeremy, you answered this. Are they available in concurrent yep. and user device? You know, is it still user device or is it really just user? I mean, it's really just user. I mean, it's a it's it feels like a very specific use case that you would see device because most folks are bouncing between more than one device for the most part. But, Maybe but it I'm does have about the intelligence me. to figure out the math. It does versus device. Okay, that's all. I want it to does. Do. It does. Yep. Uh, what standalone add-ins are available with the Citrix Universal license? Um, so we, we talked about the feature matrix, but you can certainly add on. So if you had Universal Premium, which means you didn't have access to analytics, um, you can certainly add that on. Um, and of course, there's other things that you could add on as well. So SPA would be a secure private access would be a good one. Starts uh, available March 8th, it says here. On Wednesday. They will go live. So this is Monday, March 6th. So am I available? Am I eligible for Citrix Universal licenses? I'll just read it. Citrix Universal licenses are available for environments and quantities of 250 user device or 100 concurrent licenses and up. 
please talk to your Citrix partner for more information. So, so that that means it's a minimal 250 user device or minimal 100, and then you can buy them in what buckets after that? Um, so that's got to be the initial spend is either 250 user device or 100 con- concurrent, and then after that you can add on as much as you need to. So 25 is pretty common, not unusual. But you can add on top of just kind of stack on top. I forget what the minimum purchase is, but. Okay. And then I don't know if you guys are ready for this one, but as far as a service provider goes, it's like you have Citrix where the customer's buying their licenses, mm-hmm. managing it themselves, or if they're working with someone like us, us managing it for them, all those mm-hmm. apply. But if they want to use the partner's universal, uh, if, they part, if they want to use the partner's service provider license, does that, does this whole conversation apply? It does. So if you need to purchase less than, or if you need less than 250 or 100, um, that would be the route to get DAS, essentially, would be, you know, reach out to your service provider, reach out to Zintegra. Um, and this is where, for me, since I haven't covered CSP in the past, I'm trying to wrap my head around the technical side of that because it's new for me. Um, but that, that would be a route at that point, CSP. So if you needed 50, you needed 25, and it was your initial purchase, and that's all you needed. Yeah. You know, you'd go the CSP route. Well, I can tell you as an owner of a CSP, we're probably going to want you to, I think we've always kind of had that option, but we want you to be in one bucket or that you're either persistent of some type, or not persistent, but um, on-premises, even in public cloud, in our data center or using cloud. And if you're talking to us, more than likely, we're going to help you go to cloud and understand all the nuances and why it's better anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, at the end of the day, um, you can do CSP as a model, regardless of how big you are, but... You know, it's just going to be uh, anything below those amounts. That'll that'll be your route for sure. But yeah, I completely understand that, Randy. So, Todd, what do we leave out? I don't think we left out anything other than you know, uh, once again, these things, these changes are coming into effect on uh, March eight, just coming Wednesday, just in time for the uh, beginning of the uh, March Madness. <laughs> Was it associated with madness? No, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's actually eliminating the madness that we've all. Dealt it is. With. It is. Uh, and that's the big thing, right? I, I think a lot of a lot of customers and a lot of partners were confused by the the multitude of licensing options that we had available, and and with this, it really brings forward a an opportunity for customers to to use licenses wherever they need them, right? Without having to make that determination of. You know, are they DAS licenses? Are they CVAT? Are they on-prem? Are they in the cloud? You know, it, it just eliminates a lot of that potential points of confusion. Right. Bill, any thoughts, questions before we let these two go and think of something five minutes from now? <laughs> <laughs> no, not really. I mean, I think we covered it pretty well. Um, and I, I I do think this does simplifies it, simplify it to a large degree. And I think that's definitely a good thing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's always been my opinion that um, you could buy a license that just lets you deploy anywhere. It makes sense. It simplifies, you know, kind of your approach to the whole thing. It simplifies it for me for sure. But, you know, I, I think this is what folks have been asking for without actually saying it. So this is great. Well, and I'll, I'll tweak what you said a subscription that lets you do anything you want to do within the context of that solution. Mm hmm. Which I think yep. in many parts of our lives, that's what things are coming to is this universal subscription. I think before I die, I'll have a universal subscription to uh, an automobile service and I'll have a truck one day and a 
station wagon one day, a van one day, and whatever is part of my universal thing I pay for. Yep. I mean, so the 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 brother or sister to this event or to this this specific topic could be, you know, what are we doing on the networking side as well? So there's a lot coming on the Netscaler side around licensing. So I think there might be a blog post for that. If it's not already out, it's coming. And uh, maybe we touch on that one as well. I saw Good. something from Avalash this morning. I didn't get a chance to look at it. Yep. yep. Gentlemen, I am out of time. I'm sure you are as well, Todd. Good luck flying to Vancouver. Thanks. Jeremy, you going anywhere this week? Uh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm staying home. So there you go. Bill, you got any? Enjoy, enjoy your trip to Boston, Andy. Uh, it better be warm, Todd. I'm not freezing. <laughs> Bill, anything on your plate? No, no. Just, uh, you know, in my office working. I'm not going anywhere this week. This week. Yeah. Well, I wasn't supposed to, but here I go. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, we'll do it again next week. All right, guys. Thank you. Thanks. That was a pleasure.